0: I really, I really want God to help us tonight. Amen. Do you want God to help us here tonight? Amen. I, I have never carried a burden for a message like I have for what I feel tonight. And uh, really I feel a little bit like Elder McMullen said today. Maybe God has allowed me this opportunity just for this service and this message. I really feel like God's dealt with me. And um, I'm, I'm not really, I don't have a depressing message tonight. But I've just really never carried a burden like I feel for some young people in this service. And uh, I really, really want God to change somebody's destiny. I'm going to ask you tonight, I'm going to ask you to really help me tonight. You hear so many preachers say that, but I really need you to help me. You moms and your dads, I really need you to help me tonight. I want you to help me tonight. I want you to help me. Amen. I really want to be a blessing. Genesis chapter 25. Genesis 25. I want to ask you this. Please don't judge what I'm going to preach tonight too quick. Please don't judge this too quick. Um. you know, we've been raised around church and we hear so much preaching that usually we, we've got the idea, our opinion of the message while the man's still laying his foundation. I hope you don't do that tonight. I don't want you to judge too quick. I want you to stay with me. I want you to stay with me. Amen. You know, when you hear so much preaching at a conference like this, uh, one man shines the light on a certain area. Another man seems to come and, and totally ignore that and shine the light on another area and uh, the sh- The shallow mind would feel like maybe preaching it 's contradicting, but really god 's just putting it all together god 's putting it all together. Not one word that I say tonight is going to contradict anything that's been said this week. So I don't want you to get nervous if you say, Well, that don't sound like what Brother So-and-so was saying. Amen. I want to really help us tonight. Genesis 25. And we will start at verse 27. Amen. Amen. Genesis 25 and 27. And the boys grew. And Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sought pottage. And Esau came from the field. And he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage. For I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. If you'll skip over to chapter 27, Genesis chapter 27, we'll read verse 34, Genesis 27 and 34, and when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, bless me. Even me also, O my father. Also verse 38, And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. We're going to skip over to Hebrews chapter 12. Very familiar scriptures. Hebrews chapter 12. Praise God. I do appreciate this conference allowing me to be myself. I can't preach like Elder White. I can't preach like Elder McMullen. And I appreciate appreciate the liberty that I feel to just be myself. Most of the time when I'm preaching... I'm trying, I'm trying to do the work of an evangelist. And so maybe that's all I'm going to do again here tonight. But we want the Holy Ghost to move in this house. Holy Ghost is already in this house. Hebrews chapter 12. We'll start at verse 14. Hebrews twelve fourteen. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears." Amen. I want us to bind together right now. And I want us to lift our voices to God. If you don't mind laying down your Bibles, I want you to lift your hands high. Let's pray God will do something special for us here tonight. Come on everybody, would you lift your voice with me right now in Jesus' name. Of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, let's all pray for a move of the Holy Ghost here tonight. That's what really matters. God, change our lives, change us forever. Let us give the more earnest heed to the word of the Lord tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, let's worship the Lord right now. Let's worship Him. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Amen. These very familiar verses that we read mention the tears of, of Esau. We read in Genesis 27:34 when Esau heard the words of his father. He cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry. Verse 38 said Esau lifted up his voice and he wept. Hebrews 12:17 he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. I want to preach tonight, there are power, there there is an interesting power in tears, there's a very interesting power, there have been court cases, where juries have been swayed in a certain direction, because of the tears of some defense lawyer, the tears of some prosecutor, there have been court cases, and no doubt we've heard about it on our local news, that That some have been given the death penalty because of their lack of tears. The jurors said they just didn't, they didn't have any remorse. We didn't see no tears. There's others that probably committed the same crimes, but their sentence was lessened because of their sincere tears. There is a power in tears. This Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes three and four, There is a time to weep. There is a time to laugh. And there's also a time to mourn. We read in 1 Samuel chapter 1 about Hannah. She had this desire to have a child. She had a desire to bring forth a child into this world. And your Bible says in 1 Samuel 1 and 10, Hannah prayed unto the Lord. And she wept sore she wept sore when babies aren't being born we still need to be weeping about it we don't need to be happy with having one visitor a month in our local church that's not my message but we still need some tears on the altar when babies aren't being born praise the Lord praise the Lord I believe that I believe that. You can be seated. You can be seated. But she wept sore. And God responded to her tears. Tears still get the attention of God. You can read in Isaiah 38 about Hezekiah. He was about to die. But your Bible says in Isaiah 38 and 3, Hezekiah wept sore sore. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, I have heard thy prayer, and I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years. Tears still get prayers answered. Tears still have an effect on the heart of God. Tears still pull on the heartstrings of God. There is power in tears. We're living in a very hard generation. We're living in a generation that's being taught. It's being drilled into little boys as they're growing up. Don't cry. Don't show any emotion. You're a sissy if you cry. I'm telling you that's a lie. You're not a sissy if you cry. You're not less than a man if you cry. It takes a real man to weep and cry in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I wrote it down one night at a testimony service in our home church. A man in our church stood and he was testifying and he said, I never see any clear." Than when I'm looking through my tears at an apostolic altar. I never see things any clearer than when I'm looking through my tears. I'm telling you there's times I have felt so far from God. I have felt like there was such a distance between me and God. But when I felt that brokenness. And I felt them tears come to my eyes. It's amazing how close God comes to a broken and a contrite spirit. If you feel far from God tonight, you need to pray for a broken heart. You need to pray the tears will come. God responds to tears. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is nigh. Everybody say nigh. Nigh. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart. And he saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. You want the Lord to come nigh? Let them tears flow. You want the Lord to save you? Let them tears flow. Don't be too proud to weep in the altar. Don't be too proud to let God touch you. We need a revival of tears. psalm 51 17 the sacrifices of god are a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart oh god thou wilt not despise others might despise it but god won't despise it isaiah 66 and 2 to this man will i look even to him that is born of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word There's too many dry eyes in Pentecost. I'm just going to be honest with you here tonight. Can I be honest with you? I don't like to cry. I try to cry as little as I can. I don't enjoy sitting around crying. I don't look for excuses to cry. I don't look for excuses. Man, there's some people, uh, they, they, they feel like they're, they're always burdened. Really, they're depressed. There's a difference between a burden and depression. Depression will make you sit there and do nothing. A burden will make you get up and do something. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm just being honest with you. I don't like to cry. I don't look for reasons to cry. But I'm telling you, there's not a greater feeling in the world than when I've been in God's presence. I love to dance. I love to run. I love to leap for joy. I love clapping my hands. But I've never felt any better than when I was in God's presence. And them tears were coming out of my eyes. When them tears were coming down my face. There's not a greater feeling in the world than feeling your tears affect heaven. Psalms 126 and 5 They that sow in tears Shall reap in joy He that goeth forth and weepeth Bearing precious seed Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing Bringing his sheaves With him Revivals happen because of tears Breakthroughs come Because of tears Souls are saved because of tears Lives are changed Because of tears Miracles happen because of tears. Healings take place because of tears. I'm here tonight because of the tears of a praying pastor. The tears of a grandpa that prayed for me. The tears of grandmas that prayed for me. The tears of saints of God that were praying for me. I'm here because of the power of tears. I'm telling somebody in this service, you feel so far from God. If you want to get something out of this service tonight, you need to take your guard down. You need to take the shield down. Let God's Word touch your heart. Let them tears come to your eyes. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Come on. God comes nigh to a broken spirit. Oh... I feel the Holy Ghost. You really want to get something out of this service tonight? You need to take that shield down. Tears are a language that God understands. There's power. Young lady, you may feel far from God. But when them tears start coming down your face... You're going to feel His presence envelop you. I just feel it. God comes so close when I'm weeping and when I'm crying. You can be seated. Are y'all still with me? Are you still with me? We're fixing to make a change right here. Are you still with me? I'm seeing so many young people. So many young people walk out of church young people that used to be at Akron Youth Conference young people that were here last year and they're not here tonight I'm preaching a very sad sad message but it's so true and this is all I have We're going to do something different tomorrow night But this is what we have tonight I want to preach Tears cannot fix everything It's the burden I have in my heart tonight There's power in tears There's life changing power in tears But I'm seeing an attitude Get on some young people That feel like they can backslide. And while they backslide, they're planning on coming back. When they walk out, they have full intentions on coming back. They're leaving, planning on coming back. They're leaving saying, I'll repent. I'll recover. I'll make things right. I'll go to the altar and God will forgive me. want you to know here tonight before you walk out them doors tears will not fix everything let's worship God come on I want God's word to be effective tonight come on I want God's word to be effective tonight come on (laughs) you can be seated leave it planning on coming back we've seen so many prodigals come home We've stood around the altar and we've wept and cried as the prodigals came home. We've rejoiced. We've said, thank God that which was lost is found. But I'm afraid there's young people that have seen the prodigals come home. And they feel like, I can leave and come back. Just like brother so and so did. I can go out for a while and come back, I'll find mercy just like brother so and so did. And I'm asking you to help me tonight. Nothing that I'm preaching is here is meant to make somebody feel bad about things in your past that is under the blood. But I can't shut my mouth about everything that somebody in this house has had a problem with in your past. be seated you can't expect your pastor to shut his mouth and not say it because 20 years ago you did it if anything you ought to be on your feet helping me preach say keep somebody else from making the same mistake I made be seated i'm not preaching tonight to make anybody feel bad if you did leave church 20 years ago or 30 years ago or five years ago i'm glad the prodigals are here tonight but if we could have them stand and testify to you young people the untold message of the return backslider is tears did not fix everything I'm back, and I'm glad I'm back. I'm back to stay. But tears didn't fix everything. Oh, I got a bird in here tonight. We need to understand the spirit of repentance is a gift from God. You don't just repent when you want to repent. Again, I'm not contradicting anything. Elder White, I believe every word that was preached here. The first night. I believe every word of it. It's right. And I'll even be back on that side of the road maybe tomorrow night. But tonight, somebody needs to hear this. You can get me older and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But if you don't feel that godly sorrow, you'll go right back and do it after you have told God you are sorry. The spirit of repentance is not a toy. It's not something to play with. Romans 2 and 4 says, The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Repentance is not in your hands alone. It's the goodness of God. I just feel this tonight. Esau, I want to ask Esau. Esau, did tears restore everything to you that you gave away? He wept. You can't say he didn't. He wept. Tears running down Esau's face. He cried. But there's some things, even if you come back, there's some things you won't get back. I'm trying to keep somebody from tragedy tonight. There's some of you, you're going straight into situations of sin, planning on repenting. Some of you got your course set, you're planning on doing it, but you're planning on repenting. Tears aren't going to fix everything. There's some things he saw, once you give it away, you never get it back again. Let's just worship the Lord right now before we go forward. Come on. Let's ask God to help us. God's got something special here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated. Esau was born with the birthright. Esau didn't have to climb the ladder to obtain the birthright. He didn't have to fight for the birthright. He was born with the birthright. Born with that position of peculiar honor that was given to the firstborn son. The birthright that naturally belonged to that firstborn son. I want you to think about this with me. So many of the blessings, so many of the benefits, so many of the rewards of the birthright were to be experienced later in life. I believe that's one reason why Esau's looking at Jacob. and, Man, I'm the firstborn, but I don't see a whole lot of difference. He wasn't thankful for what he was born with. But he didn't realize so many of the rewards of the birthright would come years later. Being the new leader of the family when his father died. Receiving a double portion of all of his father's assets. Them were things he wasn't experiencing as a young man. But I believe Jacob had some forethought. Jacob saying, man, I didn't miss out on the birthright by five years. I didn't miss out on the birthright by ten years. I missed the birthright by minutes. It was just minutes. Jacob could see everything he was going to gain tomorrow. If he could get the birthright. But Esau was so focused on what he wanted right now. So focused on what his belly wanted right now. wake up Esau you're throwing away your future Oh I feel the Holy Ghost I haven't come to preach in parables. I've come to preach it and tell it like it is. This is a youth conference. Why don't we talk about fornication? You can be seated again tonight. This isn't to make anybody feel bad that messed up in your past. There's so many young people sitting here that haven't messed up. You need to hear what I preach tonight. Don't let that devil lie to you when you're feeling the tug of the flesh. When you're feeling temptation. When you're thinking crazy thoughts. Don't let the devil tell you. You can repent. You can go to the altar. I'm telling you, tears won't fix everything. Your Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, fornicators shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Surely it won't get quiet around here. You can be seated. Fornicators shall not inherit the You're not sheltered around here. You're not protected around here Fornication is still sin and fornication will still send you to hell There's so many young people that do not understand the value of their virginity I'm trying to keep somebody from tragedy. I don't want a young lady burying her head in a pillow four months from now saying I've defiled myself. I surrendered my purity. I messed up. I gave my body. I want you to hear what I'm preaching tonight. Once you give your virginity away, tears can never bring it back to you again. something tears cannot fix but there's a presumptuous attitude in our day but young people don't understand the value of their purity until they find the one that they really do love and then you find the one that God has for you. And you got to look them in the face. Say, I didn't keep all myself for you. You're, you're not the only one. Put the tears on the altar. God will forgive you. But tears won't restore everything. God, help us tonight. Oh, God, help us tonight. First Corinthians 6, 18. Flee fornication. Don't flirt with it. Flee fornication. Flee fornication. Run from fornication. It's not worth it. I make a strong statement here tonight again I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about anything that's under the blood but you that haven't messed up you listen to me those that commit fornication become used merchandise and anything that's used is not as valuable as something that is new and pure Flee fornication. Flee fornication. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. One girl's testimony was committing fornication. You can be seated. Committing fornication was the most horrifying experience of my life. It wasn't at all the emotionally satisfying experience. The world deceived me into believing it would be. I know God has forgiven me. Of this haunting sin. But I also know that I can never have my virginity back. I dread the day. I have to tell the man I truly love and wish to marry that he is not the only one, though I wish he were. I have stained my life a stain that will never come out. I'm telling you, it's going to be quiet. Because so many places they're trying to just make this a minor sin. You can be seated. So many places are trying to excuse this as just the norm. That's just young people being young people. I'm not preaching against being normal. If you're a normal young man, you're going to start noticing the girls at a certain point in life. If you're a normal young lady, you're going to start noticing the boys at a certain point in life. I'm not preaching against being normal. But you have to control. You're even God given normal feelings. Uh, you can be seated. I'm not preaching against feeling normal. But I'm telling you tonight fornication is not worth it. But there's young people touching where they shouldn't touch. Saying things they shouldn't say. Planning on repenting the whole time. Planning on telling God they're sorry. Esau. Something you can give away in one rash moment, you never get it back. I'm telling you, there's power in tears. But tears do not fix everything. Second Samuel chapter 11, David stayed home from the battle. Instead of going out and fighting being a warrior, David relaxed at home. We know the story. He commits adultery with Bathsheba. We know the story. He murders her husband Uriah to try to cover her. We know the story. Nathan comes and says, Thou art the man. And David falls on his face. He weeps and he cries. Have mercy on me, O oh God. Create in me a clean heart renew in me a right spirit he cried and he wept and he was forgiven forever forgiven God don't put your sins under the blood and then jerk them out up from under the blood and shake them in your face when you're forgiven you're forever forgiven The child still died. David, the sword shall never depart from thine house. Yes, he got right with God, but he paid for that sin the rest of his days. Are you still with me tonight? and repentance allows you to get right with God but repentance doesn't always eliminate all the consequences of our sins let's worship the Lord right now come on let's worship the Lord Come on, let's lift our voices right now. Lift our voices. Hallelujah. Help me carry this load here tonight. There's some young people. God's going to detour you from tragedy. Proverbs 6.32 But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound, everybody say wound. wound. And a dishonor, everybody say dishonor. Shall he get. And his reproach, everybody say reproach. His reproach shall not be wiped away. getting quieter and quieter in here but it's still right no affair is worth it nobody besides your spouse it's not worth it you hear me you young married couples an affair is not worth it tears will not fix everything I want to give a word to these young couples, young married people here tonight. Every couple in this house, you need to be careful. You can be seated. You need to be careful getting too close to other people. I believe in fellowship. I believe in friendship. But I get nervous about people that's at each other's house five nights out of the week. You get too comfortable. You get too familiar. Subjects start popping up at the table that shouldn't be talked about in mixed company. Again, I'm not preaching against fellowship, but I'm telling you, you can get too close. Elder McMullen preached it. There's a stop sign in your life. Don't think you can't commit adultery. forgives adultery God will wash it away but the wound the dishonor the reproach shall not be wiped away somebody hear me tonight tears cannot fix everything come on we need to hide the word of God in our heart right now such a short-lived sin can carry such a long-lived consequence tears will let you find forgiveness but tears don't restore all the trust in your home overnight tears will bring you restoration but tears will not take away the reproach There's somebody in this house flirting with adultery. How do I know? It's been preached too much in this conference. God don't make mistakes and God don't just talk to talk. God hasn't been preaching to the walls. But you're telling yourself, my spouse will forgive me. She'll take me back. She knows she can't have another one. She'll take me back. She'll forgive me. Whoso committeth adultery lacketh understanding. You need the understanding of what it's going to do to your wife. You need the understanding of what it's going to do to the hearts of them little children. You need the understanding tears will not fix everything. You can read in First Chronicles twenty-two. David has a zeal to do something for God. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Wants to build the temple. But God said, "David, there's some things in your past that are going to keep me from using you like I could have used you." Hear this, hear this, hear this. I know this is not running the aisles preaching. But you hear me, you can do things, young ladies, that'll keep you from being used by God like you could have been used by God. Young men, you can do things that'll keep you from being used by God like you could have been used by God. I'm not saying you can never be used by God. I'm not saying you can't do something in the church. I'm not saying that you're just something that's to cast away and will never be profitable again. But I'm telling you, there's things you could have done in God. God's going to say, no. There's some things in your past. I feel the Holy Ghost. Will you stay with me a little longer? Young men looking at pornography. I'll repent. God will forgive me. I'll get it under the blood. I know it ain't right. My heart's condemning me. I'll, I'll repent Wednesday night before service. You hit that altar. Let them tears flow. You feel the forgiveness of God come. But the tears will never wash them images out of your mind. You're hanging pictures on the walls of your mind. Tears will never tear down. Esau, you're messing up your tomorrow. Esau, you're creating more battles for you to fight tomorrow. Pastor Kerr preached all the time. Pastor Kerr drilled it in my heart. The more you expose yourself to, the more you're going to have to fight. You young people need to guard your innocence. You need to protect your innocence. You need to fight for your innocence. Lamentations three fifty one mine eye affecteth my heart. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You can be seated. We have to say something. It's so much more easily accessible in our day. You don't have to go down to the the local adult store and keep looking over your shoulder and comb your hair a different way and drive somebody else's vehicle and put on your shades you can see it on your cell phone I'm still preaching you can type www Just remember, sir, tears aren't going to fix everything. Proverbs 27 and 20. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. You can't control it. I feel the Holy Ghost. And I just deal with something and then I'm gonna move on. It doesn't have to be a picture to be pornographic. What about these romance novels? What about these love books with detailed sexual encounters? We've seen, you can be seated, we've seen young people go crazy. And we're thinking, my God, what happened? Got a good pastor. Got a good church. Got Christian school. There's not a television in that home. There's not videos in that home. The internet's not in that home. What's going on? What's happening? I'm telling you, there's some of these romance novels spirits on young ladies <laughs> Pornography it opens the doors of your soul to so many other spirits There's homosexuals. It started out in some curiosity, some pornography, and a spirit got a hold of them. But there's somebody here flipping through that magazine, somebody here looking at things on that computer you shouldn't be looking at. I'll repent. I'll repent. I heard the message about mercy last week. I'm okay. You're creating battles for yourself. It's not even going to show up right now. But ten years from now, when you really are trying to please God, something's going to jump up in your face that wouldn't have been there if you hadn't opened the doors of your soul. Oh, God, help us tonight. (laughs) The unnecessary remorse. There will always be, are you hearing me? There will always be an extra battle to fight that you would not have had to fight had you not left church. I'm telling somebody tonight, you better count the cost before you go out. We're always preaching count the cost before you get in. But I'm preaching to some young people right now. It's in the back of your mind. Surely not, Brother Kerr. I got names in my notes tonight. Used to be here. They're planning on coming back. Tears but tears. I know you're planning on coming back to church, but you aren't planning on coming back with that sexually transmitted disease. Sister Kerr, come up here. I want you to sing. Come to the music. I know you're planning on coming back to church. But young man, you aren't planning on coming back with AIDS. I know you are planning on coming back to church. But you're not planning on coming back with that illegitimate child. I know you're planning on coming back to church. Mercy will be available. We will weep and cry as the Father wraps his arms around you. But you're not planning on coming back with that drug addiction that torments you day and night. Exposed to a world that you didn't even know existed before. Exposed to addictions you didn't even know were available. I know you're planning on coming back to church. But you aren't planning on coming back broken. And abused. Raped of your innocence forever.